0: rolling, gonna have the show. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come hang out with us one Sunday morning. Our service starts at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a good church, uh, you can attend digitally online. We live stream same time, 1030, on our YouTube channel which is uh, calvary316.live, as well as facebook.com slash calvary316, so encourage you to join us that way as well. I'm joined, as always, in studio by the man that needs no introduction, Pope Creighton Vaughn.
1: How are you doing, buddy? I am doing well. How are y'all doing? I just hit the wrong button, so that had an auto-fade. Oh, it had like an auto-fade yeah. to it? I'm great at my job. Trying, trying, out, some, out, there. trying out
0: some new <laughs> stuff with it? So explain to the you audience know, how, how the show works. We've, we've been off for a
1: week. How the show works. Uh, basically what's going to happen is, uh, there's me, there's Zach. We've got a couple other guys here that Zach will introduce in a second. Um, I have a question that I'm going to ask Zach. He is going to then build a Bible study around it. Attempt to anyway. Attempt to solid point. Um, (laughs) and we're going to discuss it. Uh, sometimes it gets weird. Uh, A lot of the times Zach will steal the first 20 to 30 minutes of the show for whatever rant he wants to go on. Um, But yeah, basically it'll be I bring a question. It's I'm the only one that knows the question currently. It's blind to everyone else. Um, And then we talk about it. And the question is usually God based or Bible based. Uh, Every now and then we have a weird one that is political, but that's more rare and not today.
0: And, and, uh, also, and we also need comments and questions yes, and all kinds of stuff like if that. If you right? have
1: comments and questions and are watching live as opposed to the podcast or a replay, um, I am in the comments of both YouTube and Facebook, uh, the two places we stream. So if you have any comments or questions, you can put them in there. I will see them if I think they are relevant or pithy. Uh, I will then give them to the rest of the room. Hopefully they're not too distracted by the Braves game. Um, and we can then talk about your comment or question during the show. So you kind of can get some back and forth if you so desire. And then what's cool. So,
0: so you're watching the recording of a podcast, which is, which is neat. So we live stream the recording of a podcast that gets released on Thursdays. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this and you have a question or you have a topic that you'd like us to address or something comes to your attention and you're like, well, I can't join in the live conversation. Uh, You can just send an email to our email address, the official Outlaw Radio, and now actually Calvary 316 email address (laughs) is PopeCrayton at gmail.com. Once again, that's PopeCrayton at gmail.com, and uh, and we'll include that into the show, yeah.
1: And uh, Creighton is spelled C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. I I know it can be difficult. Uh, The easiest way to remember it is it is literally C-R-8-O-N, Ker-8-O-N.
0: So typically on Mondays, I'll uh, you know we've kind of fallen into a, a good rhythm. Uh, Creighton's always here; he's he's been here from the beginning um, for the last good grief. We want to maybe even say two years. Yeah, Spice probably. Daddy has been has been kind of a staple on the show, uh, filling the third chair. Uh, earlier this year, we um, we kind of worked in uh, three additional people. Uh, So we would have Deal Daddy Derek and Nick and Kyle. Sometimes we'd throw in Larry. We kind of added a mix. Vinny would jump in. Uh, Kind of coming out of our summer break, we decided to just go with four seats. Uh, So obviously I occupy one. Creighton does most of the time unless something crazy happens. Spice Daddy also covers a seat. Uh, But then we have a fourth chair. And tonight, typically on a Monday, I kind of reach out to some of the regulars. Hey, what are you thinking? And this week, I, I hit up Vinny. Vinny was like, boom, I'm there. It sounds great. Uh, also, Vinny known as Dear Daddy. Um, <laughs> I think we've settled on that, right? Yeah, uh,
2: I don't know. After watching this uh, this video called Chicken Daddy, it reminded me a lot of, of Vinny. Oh, so there's a whole
0: other. That's <laughs> yeah. neither here nor there. So so I hit up Vinny. was like, hey, you want to be on the show? Absolutely. Let's do it. And uh, literally at 7.35, I text Vinny. was like, hey, what's your ETA? And I got, oh, no, totally forgot, thought it was Tuesday. And uh, I said, you know, come in hot. So literally, we we delayed for like a minute. So we are, but that was so Vinny could come in hot. So we're going to start with Vinny. Vinny, welcome to the Outlaw Show. How you doing, buddy?
3: Fantastic.
0: So you were, you're probably breaking a few speed limits. You just lost track of the day of the week.
3: I literally pushed a Walton County Sheriff through Monroe at like 50. (laughs) You were, you knew I was in a hurry
0: you were tailing in <laughs>
3: yeah. that's what's great about County kind of, cuz they're like well
0: yeah, yeah i yeah. really should should it's get it's also what's great about having a gigantic truck that's also yeah. true gigantic truck helps so but you made it you came in hot your heart rate's subsiding an hour. yeah you're you're <laughs> we'll give you a minute to catch your breath also join in studio again i've already mentioned him is Spice Daddy, also known as Justin's God-given name. That's
2: right. His Outlaw Radio-given name. Which one, Justin or Spice Daddy?
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, it's really up to debate. So most of the time parents, you know, our God-given name is the name that our parents give us. Right. Your mom and dad come up with a name. That name at one point was Justin Holcomb. It was. But at this juncture, I'm not so sure
2: that it has has been. I'm permanently okay. Spice Daddy. I'm okay with that. My mom even got me a shirt. So you got
0: to show this to yep. the audience. Mom, mom
2: got me a shirt. I saw this. You <laughs> got to turn,
0: turn so the audience can see it. Yeah, uh, a yeah, little that's bit. Perfect. Spice, Daddy. So I saw this shirt when he comes in. I says, "That's awesome," and and I almost died when you told me my mom made it
2: for me. Yeah. So yeah. Props to Mrs. Holcomb. Well, it was a good week. I got the shirt. Uh, I got a great book this week. Is really good read. Uh, what book was this? Uh, this was one written by a very good author. It's on uh, Amazon. So I think it's called a, An Amazon Christmas. Solid. Uh, it, <laughs> really good review. Uh, quite a mystery. I don't know how he did it, but he did it in the book. And that book. being who? And, uh, that would be your lovely wife, Jessica. I know, but uh, Santa Claus oh, pulled Santa it Claus, out in yeah. the end. He, he pulled it off. I, she set it up perfectly. It, it captured my attention the entire read. So, J- Justin, not put up to this at all, but just a <laughs> shameless. Wasn't. Team sh- player. A team, team player, player, shameless
0: plug, because I had the book on my desk, and uh, Justin went right for it. But, yeah, again, shameless plug. My wife, along with dear friends of ours, the Norrises, Emily Norris, uh, her husband, Nate, uh, they got together. This has been in the works for a few years, and um, and they wrote an Amazon Christmas uh, you can buy a copy of an Amazon Christmas. Uh, the easiest way is just to go to an AmazonChristmas.com and click the main Amazon link, soft cover or Kindle. Or at this point, because, again, the first week has been unbelievable, you can literally just go to Amazon, and if you search an Amazon Christmas, you're going to find it immediately. That's
2: That's what I did.
0: Which is awesome. Yeah, so, pretty
2: high on the list.
0: Yeah, and, and like I think in children's Christmas books, it's number one. Children's adventure, it's like t- number three. Like it's, as far as the Amazon rankings go, um, has taken off. I'd encourage you buy a copy or 12 and, uh, and then make sure you leave a review. So if you enjoy it, leave a review. I think it's 12.99 right now is, is the price. Uh, they did like a, an introductory uh, sale. We had a book release party. That Vinny rsvp to and didn't show up, um, which was, yeah, which my was great. had
3: meningitis.
0: Well, y- you know, you got to tough through those things, Vinny. Oh,
3: I was going to tough through it. I was, I was there.
0: Your wife was like, no, you're not.
1: We're quarantining. Exactly. Yes. How's your daughter doing, though? That's kind of... Yeah, did you say your daughter had meningitis? Yeah,
3: so she went and got the shot for high school, and it killed her.
0: Oh jeez! Well,
3: not literally. She's alive.
0: Yeah, because meningitis yeah, will kill you.
3: Yeah, she basically spent all weekend with us catering to her every need. Which which daughter? <laughs> Riley. Oh man. Yeah.
0: Oh man, the
1: better of the two daughters. Oh, that's shame. that's a that's a low <laughs> move. That's a low <laughs> move.
0: That is a dig. Might be true. Might not be. Um, but you know, thanks. Thanks. So, so you spent the weekend reading this brand new children's book and, and you enjoyed it. Oh, it totally didn't take me a weekend to read it, but well, I mean, I I kind of figured that it, the 27 pages of intense literary, it
2: it, it was very well written. Yeah. And the illustrations, I mean, yeah, really good illustrations. I cannot wait for the movie to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice movie option. Listen, listen, if they can take.
0: If they can take The Hobbit and make it three movies, three three hour movies, this can nine le- hours of movie. This could at least be a thirty minute. I don't, TV I don't show. think
2: you understand. Like my love for Christmas movies, I will start That's watching. True. I will start watching Christmas movies. Uh, Halloween Day. That's Halloween go-gy. Day. Ugh, yeah, I will start. I starting sometime. October, right into October, I will start mixing Christmas music into my playlist. I won't go full Christmas. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Tis the season, baby. That's You're right. A dead soul, Creighton. Yeah. I just yeah. don't like Christmas. Yeah, we know that. All right, well, just let's... You, let's hate, you hate baby hey, hey, oh, I got a
0: quick... I <laughs> actually have a quick story I want to throw out real, real fast. So, um, uh, some of you might know, and I got to be... I don't actually know how many people know this. So, my mom yesterday... Uh, Woke up with just an extreme case of vertigo. Um, Had to go to the hospital. Uh, It's been a thing. She's actually still there. Um, We'll be fine. The Lord's good. Um, But uh, throughout the course of all of this, uh, there was like some calls. Uh, My dad consulted with a doctor friend early on. Like, hey, can we get a script for some medicine? What should we do? Um, And (laughs) I bring it up because at the hospital we were talking... In the course of the conversation, uh, the the doctor mentioned that they, well, hey, how's Zach doing? And my dad was like, well, how do you know Zach? And this woman said that uh, that well, she watches the Outlaw Radio Show every Wednesday night, and and my dad was shocked, like, what? You do you watch what? <laughs> and uh, she and she said, and I quote, no, and so I'm getting the story. She goes, yeah, no, I I, I love what what it's just a a real laid back conversation. Um, It's fun. You can tell that the guys really uh, love each other and, and, and kind of have a genuine appreciation for each other. And uh, my dad was like to test like, okay, so Zach and who else? And she goes, I quote, you know, Pope Creighton (laughs) 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 and spice daddy. Yes. Those were the two (laughs) names that definitely came up. And then she got
2: deal daddy, Derek. Oh, let's go. Gina, whoever you are, whoever you are, send an email to Pope Creighton at gmail.com and we will send you a shirt. I don't there know you go. Know that Absolutely. Happen, that's going to happen. Yeah.
0: No, we can. We will totally that's send that's you good. a, send you a shirt. Really? Anyone sends us an email. We'll send you a right. shirt. It's really not, you know, <laughs> it's not hard to get an outlaw radio t-shirt. For no, sure. it's not. So Creighton, what's our topic for
1: tonight? That is a good question. Yeah. That's, that, that's why I asked it. Uh, there'll be some lead in. So, Do we have any comments or anything on the interwebs? Yes, we do. Uh, I was going to get to that as well. We have a couple from our long friend of the show, Jennifer. She says, uh, good evening, gents. Hadn't seen
0: Jennifer always. in a couple months. That's true. Hopefully, you should come visit us.
1: She's had a great summer, and
0: uh, you know, she swing, swings through Calvary 316 every once in a while. So, Jennifer, good to see you. Hopefully, see you in person soon.
1: Yes. Uh, she also said that she put the book in her shopping cart on Amazon. So, we appreciate that as well. Hey, Jennifer don't just put it in your shopping cart (laughs) buy it (laughs) But yes that's all we got so far hopefully uh if anybody has any questions about what i'm about to say we will get more so we were going to do this topic three weeks ago i think now four weeks maybe um and it comes from a bible study that you taught five weeks ago or something i don't know um and you're teaching on gideon And when God was calling him to go down to fight and Gideon's like, I don't really want to do that. Um, And so he, you know, goes through all these hoops to try and make certain that God is telling him the thing that God clearly told him. And so he puts the fleece out in the wine press and he asks God, you know, if you really want me to do this, make it do everywhere except for where the fleece is. Pause. Spice Daddy, can you pull up...
0: Judge The end of Judges 6 and just kind of have that ready to
1: read it when Creighton gets done with the question. All right, Captain. So he says, you know, if you really want me to go do this thing, make it do everywhere except for the fleece. And God does that. And the next day Gideon's like, but I'm still not sure. And he says, fine, tonight make it do everywhere. Make it do on the fleece, but nowhere else around it. And so God does that. And then Gideon has, you know, all this stuff going on. And
0: pause. We got an email.
1: Oh right my there. gosh. That was so fast. We got
0: an email at the Pope Creighton at gmail.com from a Tom Geller saying, Creighton, where's my double XL? Oh
1: <laughs> so that's a good question. We'll have to get I'll him one I'll
0: answer that. It's on the wall at Calvary three sixteen under the sign that says free t shirts. Tom, you could grab it at any moment. I don't
1: know if there's a double XL there. Do we have double XLs? Maybe we don't. But there's a chance we might need to buy it some double XL. Oh, that might <laughs> yeah, be true. Although you
0: know what we should do for Tom, we, we that Tom is the guy of all guys that we need to go with a Hawaiian shirt. Yes, yes. Law radio Like Tom might get the first double XL Hawaiian shirt version. I think that's a great idea. That might that Tom will work on it. Yes. Anyway. I derailed your thing. You really did. In Sorry. The middle. But, I mean, I I, had, but listen, it pops up on my screen. I had a full screen, head of steam. But here's the thing. It pops up on, on my screen, but then it goes away behind, like, what's recording. So if I don't do it right there, <laughs> it's gone within five
1: seconds. So it's coming in hot. All right. So, so uh, you then into this topic of uh, Gideon and the Fleeces talking about how a lot of times, especially in like middle and high school ministry, you see kids throwing out fleeces right, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that they probably say, one of the
0: most warped passages of all of scripture. Yes, yeah. where they, you know,
1: oh God, if I'm supposed to marry this girl, let X happen, and then if they, this
0: is the girl that I'm supposed to go to prom with, yes. let her spill a glass of milk in front of my locker. <laughs> At exactly ten forty
1: five, and then they get all R- bent out of shape R- when it doesn't happen. Well, and what
0: immediately follows is like, oh, 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 God, Gideon got two fleeces. <laughs> you know, let me throw out another. Right. So, pause, Vinny. Yes. You grew up in church, church youth group. You, you, you've had
3: like the throwing of the fleece thing. I feel like you're inside my head right now, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> have you been? <laughs> so, have you done the thro- oh, like? You've so heard bad. it. Okay, so bad. do you
0: have an example or anything that you want to...
3: So, like, everything you just said, if I'm supposed to go to prom with this girl, I did that. If I'm supposed to marry this girl, I did that. My worst is hunting. Oh, I gotta <laughs> like, hear this. Like, I am sitting in the woods, frozen to death, stage one frostbite. God, <laughs> please just let me kill a deer, like, in the next five minutes so I don't ever have to sit out here again and... It happened one time and <laughs> formed a horrible habit. I was like 11, 12, and I I literally said that in that circumstance, and I hear a twig snap, and I open my eye, and there is a buck like two feet from my head. I mean, I, It was retarded. Listen, listen <laughs>
0: these type of illustrations, though, go real far to reinforcing the Dear Daddy right. um, Yes, name. So,
3: No, that was the most epic one of my life. Youth
0: group I was... fleeces, though. I mean, it's... You know, we we joke about it, and I don't want to preempt your thing. We know, we joke about throwing the fleece. But, like, for a lot of us, like, youth group moments, Bible studies, like, there was really this, again, kind of a warping of the passage, but, like, this was the way that you could decipher what God's will was. So, Creighton, jump back in. So, um, jump
1: forward, like, 4,000 years or something. That was
0: the point Leslie Parkin was saying. Shut up, Zach. Let Creighton talk.
1: Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, jump forward like 4,000 years or something. Judas is dead. Jesus has arisen. And. He's arisen or risen? Arisen. He has. He rose. Risen from the dead and arisen into heaven. He has arisen. Fight me on it. Um. Star where was reaching. i going with this right <laughs> they only have 11 apostles so they cast lots man you're
0: going the new deep with apostles. You're, you're connecting like old and new Testaments.: yes all right I'm, I'm
1: digging this so they they have like two guys one of them's name is matthias or matthias another's guy is Bersabbas. i looked at the passage earlier today and i can't remember either of their names because i don't speak hebrew
0: it's Greek,
2: but that's okay. But they <laughs> cast lots
1: for who Matthias the new Matthias. Bar- they cast lots for who the new apostle who is supposed to be. And they have like criteria for it. It says, "Let's choose someone Bar-Satis. who has been with us." Yes. Matthias Let's choose or Barnabas, yeah. Who has been with us since Jesus' baptism, who has seen all of the things that we've seen, who is, you know, in the same category as us but isn't yet an apostle because we need a 12th apostle. And it says they cast lots, which is just very strange to me because it seems like the epitome of throwing a fleece. Like they're literally, I don't know what they use to cast lots. If you don't know what that means, they're like rolling dice to find out who is going to be to decipher God's will. Okay. So that falls into one of my favorite types of episodes we have, which is, Wait, that's the Bible? Why did that happen? What, what was, does that mean? What was that? Yes.
0: Because you could make the argument, again, just to kind of piggyback off your, like, that their biblical justification for doing this could be rooted... In Gideon. In Gideon. I would also argue that their biblical justification, because you want to talk about weird stuff that doesn't have an explanation? Mm-hmm. It gets weirder than that, because their ultimate justification... For casting lots to determine this. It's not even just Gideon. It's the Urim and the Thummim, these two dice that sit within the chest yes. place of the high priest that people would come to to literally like God ordain this to like, I need to know what to do. And they're like, or something of that. We don't actually know what they were, but they had the Urim and the Thummim in the high priest breastplate that they could pull out and be like, let's see, like a (laughs) magic eight ball, you know, which is bizarre. Very. Okay. So you're kind of wanting to try to tie, like ultimately the bigger question is deciphering God's will. Yes,
1: and whether we should cast lots. (laughs) Whether we should cast lots. (laughs) Like Uh, I can, if I had thought about this passage in high school, I would have been throwing feasts a lot more because you you know, I, it seems to have biblical well,
0: backing. Well, I mean, Abraham's enti- entire journey of faith started by casting a lot. With him and Lot? <laughs> he cast a they... lot to Sodom. <laughs> yeah,
2: That was a good pun. Oh,
0: man. That That's me actually, off guard. you can read about it in the book of Isaiah. Bruh. Or First Hesitations. <laughs> These are good pastor jokes. Come on. <sighs> they're getting worse. <laughs> they're getting worse.
3: <laughs> but
0: yeah, so, so Justin, read the question. Let, let's, go, let's go back to the origins of the question. Um, read for us the passage of Scripture um, where Gideon, and again, Creighton kind of set it up great. Uh, the Lord has already appeared. Like we have a Christophany, like Jesus literally powwows with Gideon. I'm with you. I'm going to d- deliver the people uh, through your hand, and and then I need you to go tear down your father's statue of of Baal, he does this, like there's this huge uh, rallying cry, people come out of the woodwork, again there's 135,000 Midianites, but like 30 some odd thousand uh, Israelites come out, rally around Gideon, now that gets whittled down in the next chapter, mm-hmm. but before that, where we're at in the story, he's got like a pretty good turnout, it's like a 1 to 4 ratio, again not great, but like hey, Gideon's a nobody, and now there's been like this rallying cry of support, but then what does Gideon immediately do? He's like, oh, I don't know. If this is the right, if this is the right idea, right?" So you had a physical presentation of Jesus. I'm with you. I'm going to do this. I'm calling you, and then like a cool work already has happened, mm-hmm. but he's still wavering. So we get to that passage.
2: That would be spice daddy. G- it'd be Judges chapter six verses, uh, starting on verse thirty six. Uh, so Gideon said to God, "If you will have If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on. Pause,
0: pause. Like, that's already moronic, right? Right. I mean, there's already, if you will do what you have said to do, which is when you're talking to God, it's kind of like. um, If you
1: will maintain being the thing that you have always been.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, like he should have shut up then. You You know, I just heard what I said. Have you ever been in one of those moments like you like you're working through something and the words come out of your mouth and you hear them and, and you the first shove th- them back in and you're like answer received <laughs> i got it like this is that
2: i'm sure this was a moment for Gideon spice daddy uh so you have said look i shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor if there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground then i shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And so it was so, when he arose early in the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Again,
0: another, like, if those words come out of your mouth before you pray something, that's a good indicator. Pull back. Pull back. (laughs)
2: Hey, I know you're going to be upset, God of the universe, right? But I want to say this anyway. Yeah. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground.
0: So a few observations from this story that I think are pertinent to the, the larger conversation. Uh, just because you see God being gracious, patient, merciful to a person, Gideon, uh, doesn't mean that that's like s- establishing a precedent by which God's going to like always work. Um, I, I, Yeah.
2: Just an observation. Yeah, jump and in. I, it kinda rem- I don't remember you observing this and I just noticed it myself it says he squeezed the dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water I don't know if you've ever been to Israel but it's not exactly a humid place it's dry so the fact that there's a bowl full of water of from the oh, dew it's on an there, abundant thing it, so it's not just a normal thing mm-hmm. to squeeze a bowl full, full of water from just dew in the air And with even that, like I'll,
0: I'll segue that when uh, Gideon's life uh, gets evaluated um, and that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we find in Hebrews 11, because he gets included in the hall of faith, like the great men of faith. He's none. Like, like, yeah, I mean, like, that's a guy that's included in the hall of faith. Right. We're like this abnormal, like, hey. Um, like no dew on the ground. I just want this fleece that I got from Old Navy to be super saturated. And not only is it wet, but like it's—I mean, he's just wringing out a bowl full of water. God right. It, like, but don't we like, don't, like don't, don't. <laughs> right. God Right. sarcastically so he, answered him.
3: All right, you idiot. Here's your bowl full of water. Which you're is right.
0: kind of why Gideon Gideon segues. He's like, "Don't be mad."
1: Right. You know. Right. I,
0: I know. I know what you're saying, but I just. For giggles sake, right? <laughs> just to make sure this isn't some weird freakish coincidence.
2: Right. I mean, there's a lot going on in just that verse. No doubt. Not only do you have a bowl full of water, but I don't know if you've ever had held fleece in your hand. It's a thick thing. And so it's going to hold a lot of water, but just the fact that it, you're not getting that amount of water from the dew in Israel. You're not At getting all. that amount of water from the dew
1: in Georgia, and it's no. very humid.
2: Right. And then he, so he reverses the process,
0: right? And he's like, hey. Uh, you know, just in case it was a coincidence, drives fleece ground wet.
3: You know, and, and yang this thing. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> and that's how this worked.
0: And God calls him a great man of faith. Um, just because God like kind of capitulated to the weakness of a man in the moment, is it something that you can like? You can create like some hardcore dogma on, which is again, when like praise the Lord that God meets us in our weakness sometimes. Here, here, And doesn't just hold it against us in perpetuity. And so just because God was, like, gracious and merciful and played along with Gideon doesn't mean that that's, like, the biblical justification for, like, us deciphering God's will by throwing fleeces. And, and I think you guys have done a great job of providing, like, examples of what we're talking about. Because we're not talking about, like, literal fleeces. We're not playing the same thing, but we are playing the same game. In a lot of ways we're 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 testing God to try to make sure we really know what God wants us to do. And we play it, we and we play it in like all kinds of ways, like subtle ways. Not and again, our examples are like comical youth groupy things. But like even with like a job, you know, where God's like really trying like we want we want to be led by the Lord and like so we have this job opportunity that gets presented in front of us. And we know that that will require like major sacrifices, not just from your wife, but also from your kids, maybe leaving school, you're relocating. And you're like, you're in this moment. Do I take this job? This seems great. Or do I not? Like God. And I think the one thing I will say about Gideon is he does come, I think, with an honesty. Like, like I'm struggling here. And I think God meets us in honesty. I do think that there's a sincerity. And this plays in with the later story, Mm -hmm. by, by the way. You know, where he really wants to know for sure. Now, he's been given God. Faith comes by hearing. hearings by the word of God. Gideon has been given everything he needs to have faith in God. God's word. And you don't need nothing more than God's word. But when you start applying it to, like, literal moments, and you're like, man, I really feel like this is what we should do, but, like, God, can you send me... This is how we all phrase it. Send me a sign. That's the same idea as throwing a fleece. And it's rooted from the idea of, like, God, I really want to know what your will is for me, like, and I want to do your will. And like right now I'm struggling because everything in me says this is right. But this little thing maybe is just in the back of my head saying, no, it's not. And I I want to make sure I do the right thing. And I think that that will address that. Don't let me not get back to that general idea. I think in fairness to Gideon, he throws the fleece out of his sincerity. Now, maybe not the second one, <laughs> you know, but the first one for sure. And I think you're right in the sense of like God, like comically, sarcastically he's like, Oh, this is what you need. I'm going to super saturate, which here's another thought. I didn't bring up in the study that I, that I also think is interesting. And I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of freestyle here. A few thoughts. We're going to see where that goes. All right. right? Just, just for the record. Um, where do you get a fleece? It's a lamb. It's for clothing. So a lamb had been sacrificed at some point, maybe not right then, but at some point, the skin of the lamb, the fleece, was provided as a covering. Okay. Now, if you go through biblical imagery, law of first mention places the very first fleece, as being the skin that God provided to, to to yield an effective covering for Adam and Eve in the garden? Like, is it an accident that Gideon's like throwing a fleece where it's like, hey, I know that this is like the first thing like in your deal with humanity. I just want to make sure that maybe this is extended to me too. Like, could it be even, like you, you bring up the amount of water in it. Could let, like there be even a deeper level of God saying, you know, I'm going to capitulate with this fleece thing because it's rooted in like the big thing,
1: not to mention sacrificial
0: the, atonement in Jesus.
1: Right, fleeces are specifically from sheep, which right. you know, a lamb led to the slaughter. Yeah, it's not Everything from a cow. That goes on, yeah, you don't have a, you don't get a fleece from a cow or a deer.
0: Again, you get that I never brought that up. I mean I, I I heard no commentary that even mentioned that. We could chew on that. It's a it's fun interesting thought for well, certain.
2: For me, it's. it's the water is an obvious thing. Cause why would they even say they didn't just say, yeah, there was water on, on the, on the fleece and there was dry. Everywhere but it was else. a bowl. It was a bowl full of water. Yeah. I that's agree with you that. Oh man. We can even go like, like what are
0: the two things that we really decipher God's will? Right. The lamb of God and the water of the word.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the, the abundance of the analogy there. Right. And that, how cool is that? I never that, thought of that. should That, that should have been a, big indicator. He shouldn't have even gone. That's what makes the second question or him asking him to do it again, even more odd. It's like, not only did he answer you, he really answered you right. to where there was no mistaking that that's what he was, that it was God doing it. It mm-hmm. couldn't have been a coincidence. Now here's, here's Agreed. the part. And
0: this is where we kind of got a segue and I'll tie in, I'll tie in another idea. So you have like the great way that Israel was to decipher God's will. Was that they would go to the high priest, particularly, who had the urim and the thummim, who it was some way of deciphering God's will for the nation. And this is one of those moments that Gideon, like, if he's really, if he's really struggling with what to do, like, have I really heard from God? And it's completely absent, not just from this story, but even from like the entire book of Judges. Is the role of the tabernacle, the high priest, the priest? It's all absent. Like, not. It's operating for 450 years, but it's not included at all. Like if Gideon's really struggling, like, okay, I had this crazy conversation with who I'm pretty sure is God. And he told me this is what's going to happen. And like some cool things have happened, but now I'm kind of struggling. Like there was a biblical mechanism at his disposal. Again, something I didn't bring up in the study. He could have easily been, man, I don't, I really, I'm not sure. And he could have gone to Shiloh and he could have gone to the high priest and they could have used the Urim and the thermum, and it would have been like, yes. Now he doesn't, he does a different thing. He kind of contrives his own experiment. And God in the moment is very gracious, isn't like, yes. Now what I think is so wrong about it, and this will play into the connection, the link that you made, Creighton. Is, so, so what Justin started with was verse 36. But if you go back two verses to verse 34 of the same chapter, you read, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon before the throwing of the fleece. So after the revelation of God's word, before the throwing of the fleece, the Holy Spirit, like when we came upon, literally clothed Gideon. It's the exact same terminology that we have for Pentecost. So, whereas, you know, I'm going to kind of address the disciple, the apostles in a different way. Gideon, I don't think, has any excuse at all. Because he, the Holy Spirit, has come upon him. Which means that he should have, he had everything he needed. He had God's word. He had the revelation of Jesus the confirmation of God's word, the presence of the Spirit in his life. There should have been. He had everything he needed for faith. And he had the presence of the Spirit in a big way. In a big way. In a, well, it's the same way for us too, though. Mm-hmm. It's no, not no. It was a big way in that time. For us, it's, a, it's normal. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're saying, and you're connecting like all of this, and again, the bigger topic is is deciphering God's will. But you're connecting this to then what happens in the book of Acts. Right. So we're going to get to a passage of scripture that I'll read. A little context. So Jesus has ascended to heaven, but before ascending, he does two things. He gives a group of disciples, about 120, 150, whatever it is, a commission. We call it the great commission. Take the gospel, what he's done, the good news, into the nations, make disciples. Start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. However, (laughs) before you go anywhere, uh, go back down the hill because they're in the Mount of Olives, go to Jerusalem, and wait. Just wait. And then chapter 1, verse 8, for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Like there was this thing, I've given you this commission, but you don't have the power to do it. I'm going to go to heaven. I have to so that the Spirit can come to empower you. So go there and don't do anything. Wait. Wait. Now, are they told how long they're going to wait? No. They're not at all. Now, we know, again, we've got the story, that from Passover to Pentecost, Passover to Pentecost, no. It's from the Ascension to Pentecost. So Passover to Pentecost is 40 days. That's, it's actually 50 because of the Penta. Um, this is the unscripted part that gets difficult. Um, you you subtract, don't remember
1: all of your Jewish holidays by you heart? You
0: subtract 10 days... And that, that puts you 40 days out, which is why we get that Jesus post-resurrection was on the earth for 40 days. Right. Because there were then 10 days from the ascension to Pentecost because it's Penta 50 days from Passover. So that's that's where we get it all. I got it there. I got back there in a roundabout way.
1: I want to be very clear. I didn't know that's how that math worked at all. That's really neat.
0: Yeah. So, again, Penta, Pentecost. Mm-hmm. is that, So, Jesus says, wait. Now, if they had been smart, which tells you that none of them were, they would be been like, oh, well, like we're ten days away. But but every day they're waiting. We're told that while they're waiting in Jerusalem, they are they're they're spending time in worship, they're spending time in prayer, they're seeking the Lord. Uh there's fellowship. Like they're they they are being obedient. They're waiting. And and again, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, so their only references to the phraseology, because Jesus says, for the Spirit to come upon you. Like he uses his come upon. Like their only context to that is judges. Where you read of the judges that in these crazy moments in time that the spirit would come upon their heroes from Samson to Gideon. You know, you go back through the examples here, the spirit. So and they're like, well, this is like a one time thing that happens to individuals and like God delivers his people. So they know it's this big experience. They don't, they don't realize it's still to deliver everyone. <laughs> Not just the Jews from Roman occupation. They're thinking too small. Yes. Which, you know what? For application, when we talk about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming upon us, I think our biggest error is that we think too small for what God wants for us or what he wants to do through us. I think when we talk about ourselves, we think... In the context of how God can use me, we mm-hmm. think too
2: small. I think that's not just too small, but sometimes it scares us a little bit, so we want it to be smaller than it is.
0: Wow, that's very mm-hmm. vulnerable. That's a, that's it. Like from your own life, what do you,
2: what do you think with that? That, that comes from a, a deeper place. I, I guess. I mean, a lot of times we hesitate to do something, or we ask for a fleece. We keep asking for that fleece or throw the fleece out. We keep throwing it out. We keep just like Gideon, he threw it out twice. It wasn't because he didn't believe God. It's because he's like. He was fighting something. He was fighting it. I mean, Mm. because, and and that just, just reading this passage before, I never really noticed the whole bowl full of water thing. So I thought, why do that in there? Then I realized, oh, they're in the flipping desert. (laughs) (laughs) There's not that much dew in the, like humidity in the air to have that amount of water. Like, God didn't just answer it the first time, which was gracious enough, but he, like, over-answered it. Wow, yeah. To confirm it, and then he still asked again. It wasn't, it wasn't that he, he needed God to confirm <laughs> It's the fact that God did confirm it. And then he, he was scared. He was scared of I mean, because, I mean, you try saving a country. Well, and it's 135,000
0: <laughs> to 30, right. and you're still, like, wigged out about it.
2: Right, and uh, we do the same things with the the small—sometimes God calls us to either do nothing or something— whether that be small or big. Uh, and, and I think we're, we get scared of that sometimes. What an
0: observation. That's powerful. Vinny, let me, let me, I'm going to put you on the spot. Like, have you ever had moments where God was saying, this is what you need to do, and you're scared?
3: Thousands. But the most recent was when far-reaching ministries at the church, man. It was like, I didn't even, I don't know how you could watch that.
0: Give some context to the audience of what you're referring so, to. So,
3: we had a, a guest at the church a couple weeks ago and showed us some pretty graphic
2: videos. And uh, I don't want to interrupt, but I don't know how much information. So his share. name
0: is, so, so the guy that came to our church is Edward Amaya. He works for Far Reaching Ministries. All that's public knowledge. Okay. Uh, because Edward's been on our show. He's okay. been on the Outlaw Radio Show. Him and, who is now his son-in-law, Sean, sat right where you are. Yeah. Like, what was it, two, three years ago. And, like, told us about crazy stuff in Afghanistan. So, like, because
1: well, they were he's in he's when been Afghanistan collapsed. the church collapsed.
3: every year, and, you know, I sat and I listened and I appreciated what, yeah. where our money was yeah. going as a church, and I, I liked knowing where it was going. And this year, man, it was like the Holy Spirit picked me up by my bootstraps and, like, dragged me over to that corner wow. to volunteer. And I had no, I don't know how you could ask for a fleece when you feel that. Like, when the Holy mm. Spirit hits you that hard, and I was basically just like, I looked at my wife, I was like, we're going. Like, we're going down there. I gotta help these babies. Like, I can't have this information and not go.
0: And not act on it. But
3: it wasn't my will.
0: It right, was the wow. Holy
3: Spirit literally dragging me back there. Like, I didn't even know how to talk, because I was so choked up about the kids. But as soon as I got back there and shook his hand, I mean, I was... I said everything I needed to say through the Holy... The Holy Spirit said what he needed to say. And then you
0: me. walked over to Zach Adams, and you're like, I'm in. Yes. <laughs>
3: like, that was... Like, the whole time you're sitting here talking about being covered in the Holy Spirit, I was like, yeah, I've experienced that, and it is powerful. Is it scary? Not really. Not to me, because we go down there, save... Two, three, four, five, six kids, and I get shot or something happens. I don't care. We save two or three kids.
0: Hold that thought because that's where I want to—that's where I want to land this plane. Okay, you've—you've you've touched on something, and that's where I think the application of Creighton's question will ultimately land, and it'll land in a good place. So hold your thought because you got to help me get right. back to it. Okay. Um, so you have this situation in the Old Testament, Urim and the Thummim, no Holy Spirit. It's just a, a very raw way of deciphering. And we don't have very many examples of it, it being... It
3: God's uh, styrofoam cup and a string. Right. We don't, even, <laughs> and we don't
0: even have that many examples of the Urim and the Thurman being used within the Old Testament context. So you get to the disciples, the apostles, you know. And so you've had this... this I mean, it has been a crazy two months for these men. The trip to Jerusalem for Passover... The, the events of the week of Passover, the total destruction of everything they believed in with the crucifixion of Jesus, which also brought about their own betrayal and denial and and, and you know Judas gets the rap because he he betrayed Jesus but Peter denied Jesus they all were guilty of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: everyone with maybe the mild exception of John who is the only one at the crucifixion you know and they, they all, all failed hard they're failed hard and they're dealing with the incredible weight of that and then there's this like a massive restoration that happens 3 days later where Jesus not only raises you know is raised from the dead but then like appears to them with words of peace shalom you, you know forgiveness restoration even peter now Friend. judas of of the 12 judas is the only one that there is no work of restoration Because he killed himself, like he never gave himself the option of that restoration. And I would contend that if Judas had, I think Jesus would have restored him, because they were all as guilty. But he never, he didn't give God the option, because in his own will he took his life. Peter, who was just as distraught, still somehow hung around enough that when he gets word of the resurrection, beats John. Right? You know, John beats him. Either way.
1: Hung around is a great transition from Judas to Peter.
0: Judas hung around in a different way. <laughs> right? My point is, so Jesus ascends to heaven, gives them this instructions, great commission, <clears throat> but clauses it with go and wait. So they're waiting, and we know it takes 10 days. So in the, they're in this process, and so they start, like, thinking, well, you know, there sh- yeah, probably should be 12. 12- you know, Jesus picked 12, So there should, I guess, be 12. And maybe we could make the precedent for that. There's 12 tribes, and maybe there's this connection. Although, where are they getting that? Like, in the moment, like, we know, like, the cornerstones of heaven have the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles. You know, their names are written. But, like, they don't know the end. Maybe God's just wanting to do a thing with 11. Like, where, like... So they, they sense on their own, there needs to be 12. it, guys, there needs to be 12. And, and one of them's down. And we're here, and, but we've got 11. And we're waiting for something. Maybe we're waiting for the 11th, the 12th. Mm-hmm. There's 11 to the 12th. Maybe the one that gives power is the 12th. We need a 12th. Now, did Jesus tell them to do any of this? Nope. Did Jesus commission them to do any of this? Nope. They're just in this moment of of impatience. They're waiting, but they feel like they should do something. By the way, side note, if God ever says wait and you're feeling impatient, don't act. It's the wrong thing. General rule of thumb across the board. God and says I, wait,
2: wait. And I think that's the hardest part. And I think that's where we tend to throw the most fleeces. Right. Is when God, that's says, a good point. Is yeah. when God says wait. And he keeps saying, wait and wait and wait and wait. And you're like, oh, I think I should do this. I'm going to throw out fleeces and see if God wants me to go ahead.
0: Because that's exactly what happens. I'll read the passage. And in those days, so these 10 days, Peter, which right from the beginning, you got to be like, oh, no, can't be good. He stood up in the midst. He stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120. He said, men and brethren, the scripture has been fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in the ministry. Now this man, we're told kind of as an amendment, this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entrails gushed out, and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that the field is called in their own language, Echiel Dama, which is field of blood. Great. Great additional thought, Luke. Appreciate yeah, thanks, that. bud. Yeah, and then Peter adds, "For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling be a place desolate; let no one live in it, and let another take his office." So, Peter builds his argument. Hey, God foretold that this was going to happen. This was while we don't understand it. This is part of God's plan. You know, Judas, this is this is this is it. And at this point, I mean, Peter's not not really off. He's basing his arguments in God's word. You know, like there's some substance to it. Now, verse 21, therefore, and this is where it kind of goes off the rails. He goes, of these men who've accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day, he was taken up from us. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed to Joseph called Bersabbas, whose surname was Justice, that's his Latin name, and Matthias. So, Peter reaches this conclusion, which we don't have any basis for, right? He makes a solid argument, Judas, this was going to happen. But then somehow he kind of jumps, he leaps to this idea of like, there needs to be a replacement. And then he creates this kind of idea and there seems to be some substance to it that, hey, in order to hold this unique position, so you have apostles, you have disciples. And Jesus had kind of set up that ark on his own. There was the multitudes that followed him. There were a group of internal disciples that he spent time with. We have like the 70 he sends out. But then of, of this core, he, he hand selects 12, Now, even of the 12, there's three he kind of disciples, but there's a 12 that's a core. Judas is a part of it. Judas, this all happens. God's not shocked. Peter assumes it's our job to pick a replacement. That's where he made it wrong. You're going to throw something?
2: Yeah. Yeah, jump. Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but it seems like the apostles were chosen by Jesus. And the only one that other one that I see chosen by Jesus after this part, oh, we'll is, get there.
0: We'll get there. You're already there. Yeah. Okay. So Peter, again, with without any type of biblical justification, sets up this criteria that that whoever is going to replace Judas, who's going to be an apostle, has to have accompanied us all the time that we were with the Lord. So you had to have been part of the crew. Two, you had to have been part of the crew from the baptism of John. So that's the starting point. So that's when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Now that takes the people that followed Jesus whew, down to a smaller group, of which apparently there are many, which I think is interesting. Now it gets whittled even further because you could have started there and maybe your arc went, but you had to have ended when Jesus was taken up from us. And you had to be in a witness of his resurrection. So these are the criteria that Peter puts forth as a reasonable like job interview for whoever's going to take Judas's place. Problem, this is not biblical. Because really there's only one criteria by which somebody that is in this role of apostle exists. Now, all these other things might be true, but they take a back seat to the number one thing. Jesus called you. <laughs> Jesus called you to be an apostle. Jesus made the distinction. Hey, you've been with me from the beginning, from the baptism of John. You've been with me every day. But that's still not enough. What's the main criteria? I call you. And this is what Peter, Peter overlooks. So, and, and, and even in verse 24, and they prayed, which is a good thing. Again, and I think the heart here, and this is in line with Gideon, they wanted to decipher God's will. They want to do the right thing. Now, Jesus didn't tell them to do this. Jesus didn't tell Gideon to throw a fleece. They're not trusting what Jesus has said already. So they pray. You, O Lord, you've heard the hearts of all. So which of these two, which they've made justice and Matthias, which of these two have you chosen to take part in the ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place and they cast their lots. And again, you can harp on that, but they're just employing like an old Testament way of deciphering God's will. That's how things Mm operated. They cast their lots on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So the question Creighton that I know you're getting to, who's the 12th apostle? Is it Matthias? Mm hmm.
1: no, well, qu- I, would, I would personally say no, obviously. So,
0: so, but there are some that will argue yes, because the story is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He's numbered among the, uh, the apostles. And then we even have uh, mention of the apostles gathering. And we're told that the apostles gathered. Like you can make the argument, so to speak, that the Holy Spirit seems to confirm Matthias as being the 12th apostle. Which is why, to get ahead, people will call Paul the 13th apostle. You'll hear that. Mm. Why? Because it's hard to argue against the scriptural or Holy Spirit confirmation that Matthias was included. Now, the other problem, is is he ever mentioned again? No. Not in in any type of non-general terms. He's never mentioned by name. He's not included in any great miracle. Not included in any great work. We don't have any great sermon. But, again, to play devil's advocate, you're not like Bartholomew. Give me an example. Like you can go through a long list of the apostles and that they're not also included either. So is Matthias the guy or not? Now I would contend. And so then you get to revelation. There's 12 names. I would, I would contend that and maybe in much of the same way. Cause okay. So Paul becomes the 12th. I think that that's that's fair. Why? Well, Jesus called him, and we have very strong evidence of that. Now, people can say, well, he didn't walk with Jesus from the beginning to this. Remember, Peter's making that up arbitrarily. What's the one criteria of any of them? Jesus called him. And you can strongly make the argument that Jesus personally called Paul, I feel like that's not an
1: argument that needs to be made.
0: I can also maybe make a subtle argument that 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 Saul, aka Paul, maybe he was there at the beginning because you had the scribes and the Pharisees going down with John's ministry to evaluate what was going on. Could could Paul have been there when Jesus was baptized? Absolutely. I think I personally think Paul was a rich young ruler. I think Paul was very much a part of the whole thing, just on the wrong side of it. And it took a long time for him to come around, which is why when Jesus says, hey, bud, (laughs) like when you go back to and you read about the Damascus conversion, like Jesus immediately talks to him like he's a friend, like they've had multiple conversations.
2: I wonder how many fleeces Paul or Saul threw out before Jesus actually. Oh,
0: I'll give you one. I think here's another. (laughs) I think here's another. There's a scribe, an unknown scribe that comes to Jesus and says, which is the greatest of the commandments? Mm hmm which is something that the scribe clearly been thinking about. And Jesus says, well, one, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Two, love your neighbor as yourself. And the scribe says, you've you've said wisely. Jesus says, well, you're close to the kingdom. Like, there's this, like, really interesting exchange. Like, I think there's this unknown scribe that floats throughout the ministry of Jesus, I think, becomes Saul. That's Saul that becomes Paul. Can't prove it. We'll find out later. Regardless my argument is that if you reject the apostleship of Paul, under the guise of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the inclusion of Scripture of Matthias, you have really bigger problems then with like the rest of the New Testament because the Holy Spirit affirms what Paul says when he introduces himself in almost every single book. Is Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ? You know, so like, like, I think I think we can say Paul's the guy. Maybe Matthias was included. Because again, give credit to Matthias, he's there from the beginning. Can you see he was a substitute?
1: You know, but he was so, clearly he was clearly not a slump. At least not any more than any other. But
0: here's the big apostles. here's the biggest problem with what the apostles do, and mainly Peter. And why I hammer them harder than I would Gideon. No, let me reverse that. I hammer Gideon harder than I would them. Is what do the apostles lack? Like what, what's the big sin of the end of Acts one? is they're trying to decipher God's will, but they're doing so without the aid of the most significant influence of deciphering God's will, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Gideon, before the fleece, the Holy Spirit had come upon him. So I hold Gideon to a higher standard. I give a little bit of pass to Peter in in the sense of like, well, he, he had a limitation. Now he should have waited. It was done in ill time, getting at the Spirit, and he still needed to throw a fleece. I think after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter didn't need to throw a fleece anymore. Right? Agreed. I think it comes back to the difference Old Testament New Testament the Holy Spirit. Now, let me dive deeper because we're already at nine o'clock. Deciphering God's will. And this plays into the Holy Spirit. And Vinny, help me, help me get back to this. Like, God, to... God, I want your heart. I, I want to do, I want to do what you want me to do. I think it starts there, right?
3: Yeah, and then when you feel it, especially the way I felt it after that sermon, there was no... Obviously, what we could potentially be doing is very scary to most humans, but to me, not at all. I mean, I've lived 40 years on this planet. If I only get two more and I get to save a bunch of little kids from... Horrible, horrible atrocities. I am totally cool with that. I would never even imagine casting a fleece. The Holy Spirit put something heavy on my heart, so heavy that I turned to my wife in the middle of the sermon and I was like, <laughs> I'm going, And she looked at me dead in the eye and she's like, "I'm right there with you so I,
0: I would I would I would say from a biblical perspective, you know we're told that the Holy Spirit will provide us, quote, a peace that would surpass our understanding, right?
3: 100% felt that.
0: And and ultimately, I think that that... So the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word. The Word is always our starting point. But then we have this, this Spirit inside of us that, that pings us back to the Word. And so as we're like taking principles established in the Scriptures and we're trying to apply them to practical things in our lives, it's like there is this... There is an undergirding... I had, I had a couple... That was like they were struggling with some a decision about moving or not moving, etc. And I was like, hey man, do you have a peace? And and if the answer is anything other than yes, if there's even like a hesitation, you should wait. Because there will be a peace that accompanies the will of God that you can't explain. Like that you feel, you sense, it's there, and you're like. Now, you can throw a fleece. You can resist it. There are other things that happen. But, like, you know deep, deep inside what you're supposed to do. Like, there is a peace in that, the internal peace. Yeah. Right. I, will, I, will, I will add, you know, years ago in Bible college, we had um, a guy by the name of John Corson, Pastor John Corson, who had been a part of the early Jesus movement. Um, he had left, had gone up to Applegate, Oregon to plant a church. I actually was listening to a study by pastor John. He was so afraid of celebrityism. He was a s- so afraid. Like, cause he was not, he was part of the Jesus movement, but what makes John a little unique is he wasn't like a druggie. Like he was actually like a good kid, stable home, went to Biola. I think it was Biola, went to seminary.
1: And, and he came like came to the Jesus movement from the straight lace side, yes, from the hippie
0: side. And was like, and was a janitor at Calvary Costa Mesa feeling a call on God's heart, but like he knew, like he just didn't want, he told his wife, like somebody had brought to him like, hey, there's a group of 20 people that have reached out. They're in like this obscure mountain town out in the middle of nowhere, Applegate, Oregon. And they want to pastor. And so John went up, visited, came back, told his wife, this is this is the place. And he emphasized in the study I was listening, he, he was like, no one will ever know what we're doing. Like, this will never get beyond, like, a couple dozen. There's not enough people. Like, we'll never have to worry about the trappings of celebrityism and being too big, blah, 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 blah. So they moved there. What happened? <laughs> they ended up with three, four, five thousand 5,000 people coming. It blew up. You had people driving on one lane, two lane roads up into the mountain from 45 minutes to an hour away to come hear John Corson speak. Like, it... it it became a phenomenon. The exact opposite of what he wanted. It's a very interesting Bible study. We should we should maybe post it on Get Fed today. It was in Judges, actually. It was in this <laughs> passage of scripture. It makes sense. And uh, but so so John, you know, was like, "Hey, I did this, and it was the opposite effect of what I felt like God wanted." So, at the time that I heard John. Pastor Chuck at Costa Mesa had called John to come down to help him with the ministry, and it was very clear up front that this was a transition. Now that didn't play out; that's a whole other story. I'm in Bible. The buzz of John Corson coming down, dude, it was palpable. Um, the crowds at Calvary Costa Mesa were like the Jesus movement. It was it was a thing. And they, at the time, they were renovating the sanctuary. So they were, ironically, back into a tent. (laughs) And when John first spoke, like that first Sunday night, the place was overflowing. Now, he taught the same message at the Bible College because not all of us could get there. And he talked about deciphering God's will. And there's some controversy to how you do this, whatnot, but I'm just sharing what resonated with my heart. So John talks, the, by the name of the study was The Cool Place, right? And so he really opens up about how they, ended, like, how they decided to do this. And he, and he talks about the children of Israel. So beyond the Urim and the Thurim, this is before the Urim and the Thurim, before fleeces, before any of that. Children of Israel get called out of Egypt, and they're going to be led to the promised land. And there's a big picture in all that, right? Us being led out of the world to a land of promise. Mm-hmm. How did God lead the children of Israel from, the land of prom, from, from Egypt to the land of promise? Well, we're told it was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And then he tethers this idea. He goes, I think we, we perceive this the wrong way. And he takes us to this passage in, in Psalms, but he builds this argument. That, well, how did the pillar, of, how did the fire and the, and the cloud, how did it practically do this? And in our minds, we often imagine that it was out in front And where it went, they just followed. It got smaller. They they caught up. Because that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it doesn't actually fit within the language of some other references. Because it seems to be that, like, okay, you're you're going from Egypt to Israel. You're going through desert. Like, where in the daytime, where do you want to be? If there's a cloud, you want to be under it. Because there's shade. It's a cool place. And then at nighttime, you're in the desert. It's very cold. If there's a pillar of fire, where do you want to be underneath it? And so he says, it's, it's almost as though that God's like, as the, the cloud moved, as the shade moved through the desert, the children of Israel had two options. I'm going to stay in the shade or I'm going to, you know, hang out in the sunshine. So they just followed the cool place. And it's the same at night. And then he ties the idea to the priest. They were called, they were commissioned, they were to serve God. And it was very particular that they were to be clothed in linen, which was the lightest of fabric. It was to be cool. God didn't want you sweating as you're serving him. And so he said, sometimes God leads you by the cool, like, like he leads you in the cool place.
3: I wish God would give me a cloud. It's hot here.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, the idea is, like, if you're trying to battle between an idea, and you're like, this would be kind of cool. And I got this, like, internal peace, and, like, this would be cool. Well, maybe that's the cloud moving and you should follow it. Like, following God's will doesn't always mean that it's choose the crappiest road. Sometimes it's the better of the crappier roads. Mm -hmm. Yes, it'll always be a narrow path. The Bible tells us that. The problem with Gideon, he had the spirit he didn't trust. Problem with the apostles is that they didn't have the spirit and they acted immaturely. We can tie fleeces into it all, but the big idea, how do we decipher God's will? Peace that surpasses under God's word, a peace that surpasses understanding that's brought by the Holy Spirit, and then I think sometimes it's just like,
1: yeah, that would be pretty cool, right? I like that, because you can also tie that, the idea of the cool place you can tie that to the way that I handle things most of the time at this point in my life, which is seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I think that's great. Which is the cool place. Like, if you're not sinning, do whatever you want. Right. And then, then the cool place, you're, as, long as, you're, as long as you're not actively sinning whatever you're doing is part of God's will and is good because we're not sinning.
0: I think John in that message, I, I I'm so glad you brought that up. I think he even made this statement. He goes, he goes, seek first the kingdom of God and then do whatever you want. Yes.
2: Yeah. C.S. Lewis kind of said something like that in one of his books. He's he basically, and I love this quote. He he just says, basically whatever you do, God will make good of it. Uh, and obviously talking about within mm-hmm. without sinning kind of thing, but, that's kind of the way past few years of my life, like yeah. I, I may not know what God wants me to do, but as long as I'm as long as I'm seeking. Seeking. Well how about the, how and, about this?
0: And, let, let's let, let me this not playing. We're we're way over, but who cares? We are, we're over time. Who cares? Um that's why we're not on radio because we can do this. Solid. <laughs> I know you have a his productions hat, but Josh, this is why your model is lame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you had a vision for your life overseas doing a thing and then COVID happened. Some things took place. You kind of ended up back here and you're like, Lord, I don't really know what you want. And you're still in this place where you're working a job to kind of pay some bills, but it's not even enough money to pay those bills. And you're like, you're still like, Lord, what am I doing? And then in the same breath, it's like, well, I'm super plugged in my church and I'm ministering there. And I'm I, like, the Lord seems to be opening up some opportunities. And I just had some rando lady to a guy I'd never met refer to me as spice daddy, which right. would only happen on the outlaw radio show. And, and, I and think my that's... mom made me a t-shirt. Maybe this is something different. <laughs> right. Like Maybe I'm in the cool and, place. Well, I, right? That's,
2: that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you might not always know what God wants you to do, what that next step in your life is, but no matter what you're doing, as long as you're plugged in and doing something, you don't, you don't, you don't have to sit still while you're waiting. Amen. You can you can, Dude, you can do stuff. Get plugged into your church. Do stuff at your church. Do you know? God has you. He might have you waiting, but He has you waiting in a certain place for a certain.
0: Let, let me throw in an analogy. This is I'm so glad you brought that up. Have you ever, Vinny? You, so you're a diesel guy. You you make your living on cars. Yep. How hard? Which, by the way, the Braves just are coming back. It's great. We have a TV <laughs> set up. It used to just be a screen that we could see things but now we can we figure out screen where we to, can see other things. Yeah, we got the Braves game on. Um, <laughs> we're we're having a biblical conversation, <laughs> and in the background about to watch Ronald Acuna hit a three-run bomb. Um, let's see if that happens. No, it wasn't first pitch. Vinny. <laughs> Diesel guy. How hard is it to turn an F-350? That, that, like, literally turn the steering wheel and big old jumbo tires. If... The 350 is not moving at all.
3: Oh yeah, it's not easy.
0: It's it's virtually impossible, right? Very hard to steer an F three fifty this not in motion.
3: Yeah, I literally spent three thousand dollars on a hydraulic assist steering system for that exact reason. That's how hard it is. That's how hard <laughs> three thousand dollars hard.
0: <laughs> right. Thank you. Then this is perfect. Uh, Diesel Daddy. Um, now Diesel if, Daddy's not bad. Diesel daddy's not bad. That it's might be, nice a, we, we might have to think through that. Yeah. Now, if you get that baby moving down 316, highway 316, how hard is it to steer, oh, to move?
3: Well, like it's like a butterfly.
0: Exactly. So to Justin's point, like when you're talking about the, the will of God, being led by God, how to decipher it, one of the other things is be in motion. It's a lot easier for God to guide you when you're in motion than it is when you're stagnant.
2: I, that's your point yeah and I, I tell you what it, it sucks not knowing what God has for me or what I think he should have for me but I don't like sitting still either so like doing stuff at the church or or you know like when you you asked me if I wanted to go travel somewhere I'm like, yeah sure why not and, and just doing something until God tells me to stop, I guess, basically. It's, Amen. And you need
3: to come hang out on the deck on Friday nights because I got more projects in God than I can handle. Like, I could
2: use a, a wingman.
0: By the way, Ronald Acuna just hitting a double play just to just to cover that up.
2: Tonight is not his night.
0: It was not his night.
2: He needs to stay in the cool place.
0: <laughs> exactly, which is not a double play. Was not God's will there. Nope. Somehow we just deconstructed free will and God's sovereignty. <laughs>
1: You know, Justin, baseball.
0: I, I, Justin, I do appreciate you sharing that again. You've been vulnerable tonight, but just like, you just don't know. But, but here's the, but here, this is where I would encourage you. And I would encourage you. You've stayed mo- in motion and I think you can see God is using me.
2: Yeah. I you mean, God, like, like I said, like, whatever I do, God's going to use it and, and, whether that be my failures or successes and and but I don't want to sit still. Amen. Now I'm not going to go out jogging cuz obviously. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm going to I'm going to stay moving. And, well your and, mom and, didn't buy us. And, no. Right. That's right. I I'm going to stay I'm going to try and stay moving. I mean, I have skills that God's given me and that I kind of think that's I, I don't know what what my you know you, you always think with that that parable of the gifts or the talents. I was saying, what's my talent? What's my gifts that God's given me? I don't know, but I know some skills that I have and, and whether I'm, I'm not a pro at a lot of stuff, but I can do stuff I'm available. And I think that's what a lot of people miss when they start throwing out fleeces and stuff. They're just like, Oh, I'm not, I can't be used. Yeah, you can just stack chairs or unstack chairs at the church or, you know, your friend, something happens to your friend who's not a believer, go have lunch with them and sit down or sit on the, on the porch with them. Vinny,
0: <laughs> Vinny will attest to this and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the number one attribute that God is looking for
3: is availability, willingness and availability. Yeah. Just be available and I'll send them to you hmm. in droves. And
0: in, uh, explain that in your life. And we'll close with this and get some parting thoughts. So we'll wrap we, it
3: up. Uh, My wife and I have always had an open house, open, come over whenever, there's no invite needed. And it's really evolved into this super unique group of wayward friends that just show up randomly at my house on Friday nights. And we have fantastic conversation and camaraderie. And at some point, every Friday night, somebody in the group, these are not Christian people, these are not even people that believe I would even say the majority of them started out atheist, and two of them are coming to church with us now, and two more in the very near future, and possibly two more not too far behind them, so it's been really fun to see that, and it was kind of COVID that made that happen, because everybody was kind of like staying in their houses, you know, like
0: Open air back deck seemed like the Yeah, it was like good home
3: to stop the spread, and so we kinda all stayed home and then it was kinda like everybody was getting cabin fever, so to speak, and it was like, Hey Vinny, what are you guys doing this week? Well, you know, Friday night we're gonna sit out on the deck and look at the stars and have a fire and, and cook just, a steak. Yeah, it just evolved into this every single Friday night. Now it's like ten to twenty five people show up. And again, you awesome.
0: didn't plan that. No, that not wasn't at all. but that's the Holy Spirit. That's right. Amen. Creighton, did we kind of uh did we unpack this time? I know it's been about a month.
1: I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fantastic. Any well any, com- any comments on the interwebs? Um let me double check, but I don't think we've had any While you're new. double checking, uh, no, final not thoughts, had any new.
2: Spice Daddy? Uh if we don't have any comments, once again I'm very disappointed in our audience for not participating. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that's it. That was it. Yeah. Let, let's see that shirt. You should, again. Be in the, you should be in the cool place of commenting on our Facebook or YouTube while we're live streaming. Let me see
0: that shirt. Let me see that shirt. I, I still can't believe your mom. And it's where did she get that done? Did she? I
2: have no idea. Right, she, so basically, what how happened, did that get presented? I, I was, so I was coming home. From, how do I get a Spice Daddy shirt? I, I feel coming, like I need one. I was coming home from work one day. My mom calls me. She's like, "Hey, are you at home yet?" And I'm like, "No, I'm on my way." What do you need? I'm thinking there's an emergency. She says, oh, there's a package. I want you to open it for me. I'm like, that's a little weird, but whatever. (laughs) Maybe it's some medicine that my dad or mom need or something. They need need me to take it somewhere. So I get home, open it up, and I see it, and I'm like, holy cow. (laughs) That's what I've needed my whole life. It's fantastic. Bro,
0: we need need Spice Daddy shirts.
2: We do. So you got to figure out how
0: how that happened and how we can get more.
2: Or we just invent something else. No. No, your mom has come up
0: with a brand for you.
2: I don't know if she made it or she found it. We're not deviating. You you, you have a job to figure out this. My mom should be watching right now, but she should be commenting. Apparently, it's not my cool place.
0: (laughs) No, because she's in the spice place. (laughs) That's right. It's a different
3: place. Totally different.
0: All right, anything else else we got? Uh, No show next week. That's right. So, No show next week, mainly because Creighton decides that he's going to go to the beach.
1: I know. I'm so
0: selfish. We will all be here. We actually decide we'll do Outlaw Radio. It just won't be live or recorded. (laughs) And it's going to be on my back deck, us hanging out. So if you'd like to join us next Wednesday on my back deck, Tom, maybe, holler at us, and uh, we'll Uh have uh, Tom, an unrecorded Outlaw, without Creighton. It'll actually probably be the best show we've done in a while. We <laughs> could <Probably> live stream <laughs> it off our phone. We, well, we just <laughs> we decided that it was just too much work. That's why we like Cray, and he like does all this. And outlaw, anyway. Outlaw back deck. Outlaw back deck. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the live stream, if you're watching the live stream, listen to the podcast, released on Thursdays, Apple, TV, Spotify. If you're listening on the podcast, check out the live stream, YouTube, Outlawradio.live as well as facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. God bless. See you soon.